So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hello! (laughs) Welcome to Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here with my super handsome hubby, Andrew. Thank you for that. And my hands are very sweaty. Yeah. Because we're talking about a topic that I'm nervous to talk about. And I'm very clammy. Yeah. So this is kind of a topic that's a little bit more of my forte, I guess. Or like some yeah, well, you're really good about talking about political things or social justice things, or I don't even know what you would call that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But more you're, like you're macro really, things. Like these, really, like these like macro world things. Yeah, he, he's things. really in the know about all of it. He's really good at talking about it, and I'm just not. And Emily's very good at like the micro, like individual relationships, like applying gospel principles in like the one-on-one settings. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I think I tend to be more On macro, like world like philosophical. Level. like Definitely. I think in terms of systems. And so when I think of like what's right, I think I try and think of terms of what's right across a system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this kind of lends me to be a little bit more focused on these kind of topics, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but so if you haven't heard... We've been having some issues in our country, in the United States, and across the world, not just in the U.S., but especially in the West. We've been having some issues, um, specifically revolving around racism, around institutional issues in society, and all those kind of fun, wonderful topics that you're probably sick and tired of hearing about, but you hear about them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I've been kind of... This might sound really bad, but like... I'm kind of done hearing about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that to say that, like, I'm just shoving it under the rug and not going to think about it. But, like, I just, I've heard so many of the same things. And what we're going to say is probably something you've heard before. But I'm just, like, I just want to apply it to myself now and, like, work on myself and not have everybody throwing stuff at me anymore. Right. Like, I'm done... With people trying to push me in ways. Yeah, he said, like, if you're moral, you have to think and do this way in exactly the same way I would think and do this thing. You have to help the cause in this way. And, yeah, I'm just, like, kind of done listening to that. And I'm ready to start doing things for myself. Right. And since, you know, our podcast, Outpost of Heaven, is really focused on trying to help people find principles that are evident in the scriptures or in the gospels or in, in the teachings of Christ... Uh, and then apply them to the real world. We are not going to talk about specific policy solutions. Um, What we are going to talk about are some very somewhat basic but very important uh, fundamental truths truths and prerequisites to a healthy and helpful solution. I like the way you said that. Does that sound good? Yeah. Are we okay with that? Yeah, that was great. And and to preface, we're like I said, we're not going to say like, oh, we're not gonna talk about the details of the shooting, we're not gonna talk about the details of of the system. Um, I am more than willing to talk to people about that and about my opinions on that. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, we can do that. Uh, we're also 
like we announced last week, we're releasing a, a internet roundtable that we did, um, talking about some of the specifics. It was it was me and then a few other people. Emily didn't really want to jump in on that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just not something that I'm comfortable talking about educatedly. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And, and so if you want to get to a few more specifics, um, that is going to be available soon on our Outpost YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And we will let everybody know when that's ready. Yeah. Um, I don't actually know if we've said what... I mean, if people are listening to this in the future, not knowing what we're talking about. We're talking about the whole social justice, Black yeah, Lives we Matter, said that. We said the like, George Floyd shooting. Have yeah. we... Okay. Yeah, about well, the we race kept, issues. Yeah. I said there's a lot of race issues. Okay, and okay, systematic okay. issues. Okay. Yeah. So, that's all that stuff going on. Like, George Floyd shooting the... Police the shooting brutality, in Atlanta, all, police all brutality, that, that whole topic. racism, all of that. Yeah, okay. Um, I just want to make sure that we were clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing we wanted to add is we don't have all the answers. Yeah, of course not. Like, and, none of us do, right. right? And we are not authorities. Right. Right? Like, we have a podcast, and we have a bunch of listeners. But, but anybody could start a podcast. Right. And our... What we're trying to do is, what we're going to do today is we're just going to explore these ideas together. We're not coming to preach. We're not coming to say, like, oh, you have to do it this way or that way. Or, or like, we're not coming from a position of authority. We're just, we just want to explore these ideas together, first and foremost, with, like, Emily and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Emily and I will be exploring these together. Um, because that's really what's super miss, is it really important and missing from our society right now is this openness and willingness to explore these ideas and communicate and communicate civilly without like hating on each other or Mm -hmm. like calling into question like the legitimacy of your entire existence or like we we need to come together and explore ideas and that can be painful at times but it's important yeah and so that's what we're going to do. So we're going to we might say some things that don't come off right, or they're like half baked ideas, <laughs> and we apologize for that. Actually, no, I'm not apologizing for that because we need to have we need to have the ability to explore ideas, and we're going to explore ideas that end up being wrong. But that's part. That's the name of the game. If you're exploring ideas, you're going to bump into ideas that you maybe like or you think might have some legitimacy, and then eventually you realize, oh. That's not right. That does not jive with this, with the culture of Christ. Mm-hmm. That does not show respect for my brothers and sisters, uh, and so I'm going to abandon that idea. But we can't we can't condemn people for making mistakes as they are walking that path. So I'm not I don't apologizing. Like that. Unapologetically. Yep. We're talking about this. Okay. And again, so we're going to say things that might not be a fully baked idea, and it might come out clunky. And people or, might be offended. Or it will be super, super basic, and you're going to be like, well, duh. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> like, that's how, like, my ideas are. My takeaways are like, well, of course. But that's what I have to offer, so. But it's, it's all about, like, lifting where you stand. Yeah. Right? And so, like, if this is an area that you haven't thought a lot about, mm-hmm. like, your ideas aren't going to be, like, you're not going to write a book about them. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to write a book about every little thing. Yeah. You don't even have to write a book at all about <laughs> <Ever>. anything. <laughs> Yeah, but right. exploring these ideas will help you be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, with that, yes, we kind of have two separate topics or two separate aspects that we want to jump in on. 
more like takeaways from the situation, I feel okay. like. Do you want to go the, first? The things that we feel the strongest first? about. Why don't I go first? Okay, you go first. Because I don't have a whole lot to say, and I know that you do. Okay. Okay. So one of, I have like kind of two big ideas. Not, I mean, they're kind of little ideas, but that are passionate for me, I guess. And I think they're simple ideas, but they they're are simple. big well, They're ideas. super important, but they're very simple, very basic. And one of them is that we are all children of God. Black, white, I don't even care. All of us are humans and we are all children of God. And um, that has been a fact since the beginning of the beginning. And it's still a thing. And it will always be a thing. And we just need to treat each other like we are all brothers and sisters because we are. And we also have to understand that Heavenly Father loves us all the same. Right. And I think this is super important to remember because Mm -hmm. some of the narratives being thrown about by all kinds of sides on this issue, right? Because I don't think that this is an issue that is so simplistic that there are only two sides. Uh, Only talk about issues in these kind of group narratives Mm -hmm. where like all people, like these people are oppressing these people or these people are being manipulated by these people. Um, the fact is that we are all children of God, which means that's our main group, right? Mm-hmm. That's our main big group. But he loves us individually, and we are all individuals. Yeah. So we have to be accountable for our own individual actions, and we cannot hold other people accountable for other people's actions that in a group they may or may not belong to. Right. Or in a group that you have assigned them. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then just the, just the whole Heavenly Father is the best parent, you know, he's God and we are parents of two toddlers, but like he is so much better at parenting than any earthly parent will ever be. And he loves each of his children more than any parent on earth could ever love their own kid. No matter what anybody has ever done, his love is unconditional. And we just have to try to see other people that way, too. And then... Um, so how does that apply, though? So that's a... Or we talk about trying to take well, esoteric I mean, ideas I and apply them. I just think that, like, it's easy to... How do I say this? So it's it's easy to... I think a couple episodes we talked about being in camps. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. That um, when we feel like we belong on a certain side or to a certain team or camp, um, it's hard not to judge the other side. Um, and so I think that... For me, personally, I'm trying to overcome the whole camp thing and look at people as a growing individual mm-hmm. who's exploring ideas and trying not to... I, like, I'm really trying not to judge them. I'm really trying not to have hard feelings against them or be saddened by their... I mean, I guess it's okay to be sad, saddened by their choices, but... um just to not judge them for it. Just to understand that Heavenly Father loves them just as He loves me. And I'm not any better. Mm-hmm. You know. So how does that change the way you act? Though? Honestly, I don't know yet. Honestly. And that might be because we're not really socializing with anyone right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't come in contact with anybody um, besides my own family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We, we've talked about one thing, though, okay. that we've we've both started to work on just in the past couple of weeks. Like, mm-hmm. like, always trying to 
downplay generalizations or stereotypes? Yes. Yeah. That was another point that I okay, wanted to Okay. Why don't you go up. forward with that? And then I think that oh, okay. that's a continuation of this first point. Okay. okay so why don't yeah. you go ahead? So, um, I really like the concept lately of like not generalizing people and Andrew kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, and I've been reading a little bit about this, but, um, I try to see people as being generally good and that there are some bad seeds or I don't know, people that are not making great choices or people that are making the worst choices, you know, but it doesn't mean that the groups that they belong to are bad. So for example, a white cop making a bad choice doesn't mean that all cops in the United States must be punished. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they're all bad. It doesn't mean that the system's flawed. I just think it's one person or a few people who have made bad choices. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just the same way as I like, uh, I can't even talk about this. I feel so uncomfortable, but that's, I guess that's the part of growing is like feeling uncomfortable. But Anyways, um, like, I'm trying to give another example. The people that we're supposed to trust and rely on, like police officers or firefighters or people in church, like, everybody makes mistakes. And it's sad and you feel disappointed when they do, but it doesn't mean that so-and-so from this church made a mistake. That must mean that their religion is wrong. Mm -hmm. Or that must mean that... um, that this police department or this fire department is full of um, racist or racist bigots or, or sexist naughty, or, yeah. or naughty people. Naughty people. <laughs> <laughs> There's the mom and me. Someone's out. spending too much time you with toddlers. Not... Yeah. No, I, I think no, this I is just... a this is a really uh, good point and something I've been thinking about a lot because I think uh, certain sides are are saying that about police officers and about politicians or about uh, church leaders, but they're not giving the same allowances towards the protesters. Yeah. Where they're saying like, oh, so like a couple crazy people came in and started burning crap and now like... Every- like now it's like it's almost easy to like be scared of protests or be scared of protesters, right. you know, you say, because we're... All the protesters are this way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there has to be some kind of boundary. And I, I don't know where it is and what i mean by boundary boundary in the sense is um yes like we i I don't think it's right to look at any or to look at um any a certain movement and say okay this movement is now entirely bad because of the actions of a few fringe elements of its Mm -hmm. of its movement i guess um and so, so that that makes sense, right? We can't say, oh, all right, so a couple of people made some bad choices or they went a little too crazy or a little too far, so now the entire movement's bad. Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't work. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But at the same time, we there has to be some limit somewhere, right? right? We can't just say, like, oh, you can do whatever you want because we can say that overall it's justified because there are also good people that are part of the group. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be some boundary where we say, okay, this is like starting to cross, um, like this is crossing a limit. And for me, a lot of that has to do with like the, uh, I don't know if I want to get into this. Maybe I won't get into it. But I think... Um, some of like the moral or the philosophical 
underpinnings of, of these issues or of these groups, um, that's what draws the line for me. Man, my phone keeps going off. I apologize for that. Um, and what was I saying? Yeah, so like the philosophical underpinnings, and also like there's a like a there's kind of like a how do I say this? So like at the top level of any of these movements, you could say like there's the intelligentsia who are kind of kind of crafting the um, the, the intellectual framework and the, and the yeah. mission and all that mm-hmm. stuff. That is where a lot of this needs to be judged because if at that level it's justifying brute like police brutality. Or at that level, it's justifying rioting and looting. Um, once, like the intellectual framework for a movement starts justifying things that are anti-good, mm-hmm. that are not holy, good, and holy, Christ-like at their center, that's when I start to be like, okay, something's off here. Like I don't, I don't really like this. Yep. And that's for both sides. Okay, like I said specifically, like mm-hmm. justifying police brutality or justifying rioting and looting. So, I apologize for that diatribe, but... No, no, that's a great point. And I don't really have anything else to add, honestly. Mm-hmm. I just think that, like, one way that I'm trying not to... One way that I'm trying to improve is to not generalize. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's hard on both sides. How have so. we... We've talked about this before, but I'll let you kind of explain. What, how have we been trying to apply that, though? So, we get again, we have good ideals, but, like... In action, what does that look like for us? Or for you? And then I'll talk about me. Okay, so honestly, I really I don't know. I feel like I'm still figuring it out. Um, but I think... So we live in the South, and there's a lot of black people. And um, I think that my eyes have been more open since moving there in general. We moved in February-ish, January-ish. Mm-hmm. My eyes have been more open because we came from Utah, sorry, where there's, like, hardly any. And I never really grew up around any... Yeah, and yeah. a lot of the black people who are in Provo are, like, my friends from the South. Because <laughs> <So>, <laughs> yeah. I'm from Louisiana. So yeah. this was not a new thing for me. Right, but I really... I had never spent any time around any because there were never any around me (laughs) and um but so moving to louisiana it was like very eye-opening just because so like in some situations we feel like the minority and like in our neighborhood yeah like our neighborhoods are really diverse which is awesome really cool yeah um and i think it's i'm really happy about that specifically because my our children are the same age as a lot of the like the black and Hispanic children in mm-hmm. our neighborhood, and so like they're going to grow up with ha- each other. Yeah, yeah, with each other. I don't know if there's any other white kids their age on our street. I haven't street. seen any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they might be the only white kids. Yeah, they'll be the token white friends. Right, but um, yeah, so I like that, and that I mean that wasn't a choice that we really made to to be around more black people, but I think that that's going to help us mm-hmm. to. Um, to work through these issues, I guess, to be more open-minded about their pasts or how they feel or what their lives are like. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly, just before moving here, I was pretty clueless, I guess, mm-hmm. as to anything about their culture. Anything. Right. And, um, and part of the problem is, like, the, pro- the issue with generalization is, like, I don't know if people are aware of this, but that is how our brain 
make sense of all the information around us. Like that is just like the to put, de facto to categorize and put things like to organize, really. Right. Yeah. Because like your brain like physically cannot like while we're talking we're talking about yes, we are all individuals and we're all children of God. Mm-hmm. The brain physically cannot hold seven point what like four billion different data points boxes for yeah. For each person. Yeah. Right. And so like our our brains cannot do that. And so to make it possible for us to interact with the world more, our brains kind of fill in these these stereotypes uh, to make it easier for us to survive. Mm-hmm. And that's not justifying saying that's how it should be or that we shouldn't work but to overcome that. But it's very natural. That. Right. Yeah. And so like, I don't think if you have stereotypes, it makes you a terrible, horrible person. No. And yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what... Yeah. Basically trying not to generalize, trying not to have stereotypes, but to look at people as individuals. Their own individuals, yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard. And one thing kind of going back to me, are you done with your Well, I I mean I think so. It's just that um yeah, just that I'm trying to open my eyes a little bit more and to notice just notice more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's good. And that sounds way too basic. But But I think that, we, that's where we, we all have to lift from where we're standing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think for me, I'm trying really hard to kind of stop, especially negative stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I think I've noticed that about I, you. Lately. I th- I think generalizations again are natural, and sometimes they're helpful to deal with the world around us. Uh, but I I don't like stereotypes. How do I say this? certain types of stereotypes are dangerous because they are huge oversimplifications Mm -hmm. and they take away all nuance from an argument or from a side or from a group or from a religion and they kind of boil people down into a few talking points that you see on the nightly news Mm. and that is the essence of the whole other side when you think about them Mm -hmm. and so i try really hard to push back on uh over generalizations yeah and something that Andrew's really good at is seeing several sides or, like, seeing the motives of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he doesn't agree with that. You're, you're just really good at that. You, you may have strong feelings one way or the other, but you really want to argue both sides. You really want to, like, understand other opinions yeah um yeah you're just really good at that yeah. and, I admire that. and i think that's something i really strive for because the fact is um whether or not you believe that white privilege is a thing or systemic racism is a thing there are a lot of people in our society a lot of our brothers and sisters who are terrified who are scared i saw a video the other day of like a, a black kid he was he must have been like 10 i don't know he's playing basketball and you can see on his family's like like home security system that had a a video recording that as a cop drove by he like hid behind a car because he hid behind a car when he saw the cop car coming and he said when they asked him why he said because they killed george floyd now i will i will say that statistically i think that kid has no reason to be scared right well, um, I mean, I would say so too. But and and I, I I will defend that, and we can get into a discussion. That's separate, but that's out outside the scope of this. Regardless of whether or not feelings are justified, 
that little kid out there is terrified. Yeah. Because of the narratives that are being are, are being shared and the narratives mm-hmm. are being bought into. And some of those narratives are accurate. Some of them are, are not accurate. And But that's not the point. The point is that there are a lot of people who are scared and, I, and who are upset and who have feelings who are deeply hurt. And feelings are legitimate, mm-hmm. right? So that's not saying that you, can, you should make policy based off of any type of feeling you have because you can have feelings that don't, that aren't justifiable. So like feelings can be legitimate without being justifiable, I think. Because if you're feeling something, and I'm kind of talking about this idea for the first time, so I might be okay. totally wrong. So if you're okay. hearing this, you think Andrew's an idiot. That's that's <laughs> probably right. Um, like, I don't think that we should make policies based off of how people feel. Mm-hmm. But I am for dang sure going to react to people feeling a certain way, because that like that little boy, he is like our brother. Mm-hmm. He is our brother in Christ, and he is scared. Yeah, and there are tons of people like him, mm-hmm. and so that has to be addressed, right? Right, but like, how can you? How do we change that? Right, because that that whole idea of cops being bad has been ingrained in that, right? In in certain aspects in of society, certain, yeah. yeah, and. And I don't know the long-term answer. Yeah. Um, I, I have tough, some some theories. But I think what... One thing that will help get us to the point is what I want to talk about. Yes. So why don't you... Yes. Okay. Address so that. I have a few scriptures that I studied. Um, as all this was happening, I was just so... I was feeling so downhearted. I, I felt like I have lost friends because of this. I felt like people... Um, have like I, I've people's opinion of me has gone way down because I don't agree with every facet of their interpretation of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just as I saw what was happening and I listened to the people who are so actively engaged in this from all sides, I felt like something is not right in the way that we are handling this. Something is not right and does not jive and cannot mm-hmm. be reconciled with the teachings of Christ. And again, I'm not saying that this is, I'm not saying that that the uh, Black Lives Matter protesters were doing this or that the pro-police people were doing this. I'm saying that on all sides, I felt like there was a major disconnect in the way we yeah. were doing things. We were, do, we were doing things wrong. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was praying and trying to figure out what it is that that we can be doing better. And I've just found a couple scriptures um, that are going to kind of guide my thoughts today. Um, the first one is in Romans. Actually, let's start with uh, yeah, start with Romans, but twelve twenty one says, "Be not overcome of evil." but overcome evil with good. Yes. So and, I think there's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go, Ben. There's just, like, so much hate coming from every direction and to every direction. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's never going to solve anything. Right. And so, you, like, you can never overcome. Right. And there's... I hear a lot of justification saying, like, well, you know, like, 
people are angry, people are hurt, and so they're just going to express their way. They're going to express how they feel that they need to express. To express their, their frustration and their anger. Or, like, do do whatever it takes to get the message across, right. no matter how evil. But and, evil's never going to fix it. And, and I, I feel like this has several um, several really cool interpretations. So first, okay. be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm-hmm. So when we see evil, we can't... We will never beat evil by being evil back at it. Right. Okay? Um, and another interpretation I think was was really cool is... If we, it's not just, the Lord's not just giving us a tactical plan of how to overcome evil. What he's telling us is, if you trade evil for evil, you will become, be overcome by the evil that you are trying to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you are sub, subcoming or succumbing. Yeah, you are succumbing to evil when you try and fight evil with evil. And so as people react with hate, so look, look at the, uh, what the officer did who killed George Floyd. I think it is obvious that what he did was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was evil. He took his life, took George Floyd's life mm-hmm. uh, with an unjustifiable use of, of action. Right. Like even if you want to say, oh, it was just a mistake tactically, like the fact is that he did it for so long. Like, there's no justification for that. Right, yeah. But if you respond with to that evil with more evil, you are succumbing to the same evil that motivated that officer. Because the fact is, evil only... Like, there are only two sides in this great battle. Like... Good and evil. Good and evil. Right. And if you... So when you succumb to evil, you are succumbing to Satan. Mm-hmm. Like, that officer succumbed to Satan in that moment. And you are succumbing in the same, not in the exact same way, but you are also succumbing. Right. So that's the main thing I want to take away from that verse. Like, we cannot beat evil with evil. And sometimes, like, trying to beat evil with evil sounds, this might sound weird, but it sounds exciting. You know, just how, like, getting angry at someone, it sounds like, like it's going to satisfy. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's gonna be exciting, or it's gonna it's gonna fix the problem, but then afterwards, like like bringing it down to a mommy level right now, but <laughs> like when the kids are being crazy, it sounds like it's gonna be satisfying to raise my voice or to smack their hand. But then afterwards, I always feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I never feel good after yelling at my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I mean that's a very basic level, but I think that. I, but I don't. I think all great truths can that, be found yeah. in parenting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so. yeah, the general premise about that, I guess, is just that sometimes it sounds like it's going to fix the problem, or it's going to be exciting or satisfying, but we have to overcome that need for revenge or satisfaction. Right. Which I think is a great lead into the next. Uh, verse I found, which is also in Romans 12, but verse 19. says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. And vengeance is its a really interesting part of the human experience. Um, because it is something that is so natural in us. 
like the desire to be angry when someone is angry at us or the desire mm-hmm. to be mean when someone is mean to us. Like yeah. it is something that is so, um, so like basic in our human nature and you see it in kids all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's almost, it's that satisfaction. Yeah. Or almost like you want it to be fair. And so there's like, like, it's not going to be fair if I don't lash out right. back. Right. And here's the thing. Um, like, like this verse says, vengeance has to be the Lord's. Yeah. It's not our job. Sorry, keep going. No, you're fine. And that was just no. I thought that's that's it. (laughs) It's it's just not our job. It's not our responsibility. Not that, not that we're saying like, oh, it's not our job. I don't want to handle it. It's like, no, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Like, which does that make sense? And and I'm thinking. I want to try and make all these things practical. Yeah. Uh, And so to make it practical, the way that I see this applying to our regular everyday lives Mm -hmm. is vengeance is not mine, and so. Uh, and I don't believe that means that the Lord wants us to just lay, like roll over and take whatever happens to us, and that we never stand up for injustice or never stand yeah. up to fight injustice, or we we never make a st- any kind of stand, and we have to be spineless. I don't think Christ, in any way, shape, or form, was a spineless being. He was the most manly of manly men, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, at at our core, our basic assumption is that vengeance is not does not belong to us mm-hmm. and so when we take some kind of action it has to be with that assumption that vengeance is not ours and to me that means that uh, when we protest when we move for reform when we even when we use violence because i th- i'm i'm not one of those people that say that there that violence is never the answer you know, like, I'm a believer in that the American Revolution was justified. Uh, and I think that that was, that was a use of violence, and I think it was appropriate. But when we are individually, okay, when you as an individual are looking at this, you cannot be doing anything if your primary goal or even, like, a high-level secondary goal is vengeance, because if you do that, you are putting yourself in God's in God's shoes. You're acting as God, right? Basically. Because we are all debtors to God. I, I think that a great, great parable that comes to mind is from Matthew eighteen twenty one through thirty five. So Peter comes up to to Christ and is like, "So you know, how many times do I have to forgive my brethren if they sin against me?" Mm-hmm. And Peter said, um, "Or then." Or Peter asked like seven times, and Christ said no, seven times, seventy. Mm-hmm. And what is really interesting about the parable he gives right after that is he gives this parable saying, okay, so there's this king, and then there's this servant, and the servant owes the king like a ridiculous amount of money. Okay, and the king says, all right, it's time to pay your debt, and then the servant says, oh, please forgive me, like, I'm so sorry, I will pay, I just can't do it right now, and the king just forgives him, so, like, it's okay, like, you're done, like, I don't want to take away your family and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I will, I, being the king, have the right to say, uh, your debt is forgiven. Yeah. Then the servant comes in, and he has somebody else who owes him money, like, it's like a, 
a tiny, tiny, tiny portion compared yeah. to what he owed the king. And uh, then the servant says, goes to the other guy, says, you have to pay me. And like, I'm going to sell you. I'm going to do all these terrible things to you if you don't pay the money. Uh, and then the king finds out about it and then throws that servant in jail. Now, the thing is that we forget is, or maybe not forget, but we don't think about is that servant was entirely right Mm-hmm. and correct and in the right and it was fair for him to demand I mean, not fair but it was completely just for him to demand the payment of right. that other guy yeah so as we see things and as we have legitimate hurts as we uh have people who wrong us and legitimately wrong us uh do we have the right then to demand of somebody else justice Withhold forgiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because well, what he was doing was saying, like, you owe me this money. And so yeah. that was that was just yeah. in his own personal mm-hmm. relationship. And I would say he does have the rights to demand that. But the king, the king of kings, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, has told us that when we withhold our forgiveness from others, he will withhold his forgiveness from us. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not a perfect person and I need all that Because, right. like, no matter what anyone in this world can do to you, no matter what things they do, your debt to God is higher than mm-hmm. anyone else's debt to you. Yeah. And that's a bold statement because then you can start coming out and be like, well, what about Hitler? What about all these terrible people? What about these rapists and murderers and all these things? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. And when it comes down to it, the things that Jesus had to suffer for you to get you back to our Heavenly Father were greater than anything that can be done to you. And so if you want to start saying, you know what, I have to, I'm going to withhold my forgiveness because this person has wronged me, mm-hmm. then we also lose that forgiveness. From our Savior. And it is, in both situations, it is just. It is just, and we are right to withhold our forgiveness Mm -hmm. if someone has wronged us, but, or someone owes us. But once we start saying, okay, other people have to pay their debts, then we have to pay our debts. Yeah. Um, and this is really diff- this, this is a difficult principle because what I'm I'm not saying that again that we can't stand up for injustice that we can't we can't punish people who are who are uh, criminals right yeah well, that's not the message at all right is that like on a personal and motivational level our motivation cannot be vengeance and this is something that I'm trying to figure out. How, how it applies in in the way I see the world and in the way I interact with people, especially in my ideas of like geopolitics, like how does this apply? And I don't know the answer yet, but I do know that vengeance cannot be ours. And there's another great example. I think, um, let me see. Well, I, I was reading some of your notes. Okay. Can I read one out loud? Yes. Is it this one? Yes. Okay. Are you okay with that? Yes, we can. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay, so um, Andrew had written a little note to go with Luke twenty three thirty four. 
Um, and I'll read the verse, and then I'll read his note. And it says, the verse says, Then Jesus the Father, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And then Andrew's note says, Christ, who was more justified than anyone culturally and personally to detest his oppressors, these Roman soldiers who scourged and crucified him, Despite this perfectly understandable and legitimate justification, he forgave them. And in forgiving them, he maintained his deity. He ha- Had he withheld his forgiveness when he was completely justified to do so, he would have parted with his deity and been left only with the knowledge that he had been right, a pitiful compensation price. And I just think that that is so powerful because, I mean, if we want to be like Jesus Christ, holy moly, we have to forgive. Yeah. I mean, we have to do a lot of other stuff, but we really have to forgive because just imagine how oppressed he was and how people treated him. Um, And I think that that is my my big takeaway is... I'm so sorry that I stole it. No, 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 no. no. I I think it is that as Christians, as believers in Christ, as followers of our Heavenly Father, and I'm not saying that our that we as Christians fall on the same side of these arguments. No, I, there are Christians all over all the sides. Yeah, and not just like like one denomination's over here, another denomination's over here. Like I've had several conversations with with people from our church who are on both sides of this argument. Mm-hmm. Some who are vehemently on on both sides. Some who are applying these principles of love and forgiveness and trying to understand and some who are not. And that it honestly breaks my heart to see this kind of division coming among fellow believers. Mm -hmm. Not that we disagree, but that we're not applying these principles of love, forgiveness, and understanding. And so as we deal with this issue, as we talk about these very difficult things to talk about that need to be talked about and addressed, because whether or not, let's say that all of this is just the result of some narrative, like some false narrative that was jimmied up somewhere in some think tank, and if we actually look at the data and we dig into it, it turns out it's all false. Let's see. Let's say that's true. The fact is, like our brothers and sisters believe it's true, and there are people who are hurting because of it. And so these mm-hmm. conversations need to happen. We can't ignore them. But if we are so focused on being morally right, that is all we are going to be left with, even if we are morally right. Yeah. All we are going to be left with is our... that. Like I said, that pitiful compensation prize of being... Just right. Being right. You won't have your relationship with Heavenly Father. You won't have your relationships with your family and friends. Like, if you're constantly just concerned about being right, right. that's all you're going to have. Right. And so we need to make a decision as a society what we want. Because if all we want is, to be, again, that, that comfort of knowing that we are morally right, then... Or that we are, or that our perspectives are right, then we've lost everything. Because, and again, I am not justifying injustice. I'm not justifying like I'm not justifying a, a pacifism or this idea of you just like let it happen, like let evil t- have its way. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, as we approach these things from an individual basis, it has to be from a point of forgiveness and love, yeah. and then. We can have conversations. Then we can apl- we can implement policies to improve our situation. But but if- it has to start with yourself. Yeah. Okay. And, and in closing, I just want to share uh, a verse that I found in Doctrine and Covenants sixty four verses nine through ten. 
says, Wherefore I say unto you that ye ought to forgive one another, for he that forgiveth not his brother his trespasses standeth condemned before the Lord, for there remaineth in him the greater sin. I, the Lord, will forgive whom I will forgive, but of you it is required to forgive all men. And there is way too much hatred and withholding of forgiveness going on in our society right now. On every single side, angle, position, there is too much hatred and there is too much withholding of forgiveness. Sometimes in our secular society, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the idea that this is everything, that this is life in existence. And in some sense, that makes that makes sense. But in actuality, like we are primarily spiritual beings having an earthly experience. And how sad would it be if we jeopardized our eternal standing with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in order to win an argument, mm-hmm. in order to be, like, air quotes, right. Correct, yeah. Because we can be right, and if we don't get there in the right way, and if we don't uh, keep our spiritual selves, then we have lost everything. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of really great verses in the New Testament that this are from the teachings of the Savior that speak to that, this idea of, you know, like, of setting these goals that might be good goals and might be correct goals. But if we lose sight of our relationship to the Savior in the long, in like the eternal perspective, we lose our lives. Yeah. And so how do we apply this in this whole racial situation? Like if you are one of the people who are on board with social justice, like you're a social justice warrior person and you believe white privilege is a thing and you believe in systemic racism, you have to forgive the people that you see as being the evil people here. If you want to affect any real change and you want to not lose your soul in the process, you have to approach them not out of vengeance and not out of anger, but in a place of forgiveness and out of a, out of a desire to correct the situation and correct the injustice. Because you don't have to forgive them and just let them keep sinning and let them keep ruining people's lives if that's what you believe. But you cannot hold hatred in your heart. You cannot be seeking vengeance. If you are on the other side, you and you, I mean, I don't even know what the other side is really. I mean, I don't know what like all these different sides are because mm-hmm. it's it's so like shattered. Or I don't know. If you are like a, a MAGA hat wearing Trump supporter <laughs> and you see these, you know, all of these liberals as as putting forth this evil narrative that is destroying the country, you have to approach them out of a place of love and forgiveness and not out of vengeance. Mm-hmm. You cannot approach these, these progressives that you see as the people destroying the country out of a desire to get even. Because if we all try and get even, we lose ourselves and we lose our relationship with Christ on an individual basis and as a, on, a national, on the national basis or the national perspective. Yeah. So regardless of where you're coming from, whoever you think is responsible for these things, and I think there are legitimate claims from all sides, uh, 
You cannot approach it with vengeance in your heart or you will lose your soul. You will lose your position with your place of love and security with the Father and you will wander from his fold. And he is willing to always come and get you as soon as you're ready, but he cannot force you to come back and he cannot force you to stay. And I see so many people leaving the fold, leaving the love of Christ and their love of their fellow man in order to be right. Sorry, I got on. <laughs> I try not to be preachy, but I got on a box, so I apologize. I'm it's stepping okay. down, stepping off the box. No, you made me teary. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> anyways, that was just some of our takeaways from this whole situation. And I know that some of you probably did not like what we had to say, but hopefully we were able to connect with one of you. So, um, yeah, and I mean, it was a raw experience of discussion. And so it didn't always sound eloquent. And I definitely struggle talking about these kinds of things. So I don't have my words or my life put together (laughs) in this regard. (laughs) None of us do, obviously. Yeah. If you want to talk about more specifics, I'm more than willing to have those conversations. I have deleted the social media apps from my phone because I about lost my freaking mind. Yes. So So if you want to specifically talk to Andrew, you'll have to email at outpostofheaven at gmail. And otherwise, I'm still active on social media, Outpost yep. of Heaven. Yep. Right. And We love you. Yeah. God loves you. Mm-hmm. Even if it seems like the world's going crazy, he has a plan. Remember that you are a child of God and that he yep. cares so much about you. And that's where your true identity comes from. Yeah. And if we continue to root our identity in his love and in our relationship with him, we're going to be happy. Yeah. And we're going to find solace and peace. And that is one of the only places and times that I feel true peace now. Yeah. That's the only thing I want now. I just want peace. Everybody just get along. Yeah. (laughs) Like the only time I feel that that peace or that comfort is those times when, like when I'm praying, when I'm reading my scriptures, when I'm thinking about him. And so it has helped me increase his presence in my life because Mm -hmm. everything else is so loud, so angry, so chaotic. But. He loves you. So get him in your life more and you'll be happier. All right, guys. We love you. Take care. Keep the faith.